Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, of course, brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where you can always, always, always get fresh food uh, right made right there for you. Uh, and of course, uh, in a couple of weeks here, Alex, uh, my, my partner, Alex Stumpf here, will be looking for some places to get some uh, some good fresh food in Florida. You won't find any get-go's down there, though, yet. No. I did see them in Cleveland whenever I went last. They do year, have but... them in Cleveland, and there's, uh, you know, some like on the way to Buffalo and places like that, but uh we're still pretty, you know, we're, we're still very lucky here. Uh, you can, you can find get-go's in our area and hopefully they'll continue to expand. But, uh, speaking of continuing to expand, Alex, uh, the pirates are continuing to expand their roster, uh, with some, well, not so household names that they're adding to the, uh, to the, the to the, the camp, uh, roster as they get ready to head down to uh, spring training. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that they are inviting, um, like they added Chase and Shaziv, you know, this weekend, but a lot of the guys who are actually going to be going down there are really young prospects. Yeah. The guys that people real really... live prospects. How about that? <laughs> Legitimate <laughs> top 100 prospects. They are a thing and they can be in the pirate system, but yeah, like someone like Quinn Priester has absolutely no chance of making spring training, but you know what he can do? He can a make an impression with the major league coaches and you know, the guys who are going to be coaching AAA this year. And more importantly, he could be in two spring trainings this year because the minor league one is going to be right after. And you know what? This the is just thing that that does, time Alex, to be around. Yeah. It, it allows him to, to get into a major league camp and get that out of the way. Uh, so that maybe next year or two years from now, when those guys are, are actually ready to, to be major leaguers, they're not walking into that, that for the first time and, and all wide eyed and like, Oh my God, this is, this is what a major league camp looks like. They've already gone through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I just appreciated a little more because I was in that position last year you know, with my first major league camp. But talking to a couple guys who were there for the first time, it's like, you know, this is different. And you know what? Not everyone there has a real chance of making the major leagues yeah, opening day. It's just the reality of the sport. But there, there's experience there. There is experience with, well, I guess there aren't as many veterans that you can pull through right now. You don't have a Joe Musgrove or a Jameson Tyon, you know, type to talk to anymore. But you know what? Stephen Brault's been in the league for a couple years. Chad Cool's been through, you know, the Tommy John surgery, has reinvented himself. You know what? You want to talk to actually Oscar Marine, talk to guys there, all the minor league catchers, not saying that the Pirates really have a real catching prospect besides the newcomer, Andy Rodriguez. But you know what? They all got to spend some time with Jacob Stallings. They're all doing the pitch framing weighted ball program that he came up with. There are benefits of having these guys up there, even if they aren't, you know, going to be in the majors this year yeah it's almost like when you when you watch uh, the movie bull durham and and uh crash davis as i was in the show once and everybody turned on the bus turns around and goes you were in the show and he starts telling them you know a little bit what it's like that's what it you know until you do that for the first time there is that kind of awe about it and and to to kind of be able to get it out of the way um while also getting your team ready for the season look the pirates don't expect to win this year um but you're trying to build something uh, basically from the ground up here. This is completely off topic, but that's my favorite scene in that movie. The instant <laughs> validity that crash gets there. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I, I think it's going to be an interesting camp and it'll, it'll allow uh, you and our readers to, uh, to meet a lot of these guys. So Alex, we, we just talked a little bit about uh, the expectations for the pirates this season. And I know a lot of fans are upset uh, that they've basically uh, Ben Sherrington is, is, is kind of blown this whole thing up. And the, the thing that I don't understand is this, the pirates were not a good baseball team last year. 
So when, when you're blowing something up, it's not like you're blowing up the 27 Yankees or something like that. You're start, you need to kind of break this thing down to, to, to start from scratch with this. If you're, if you're ever actually going to win with this, you can't just – the worst thing to me that you can do as a team is continually be, well, wait till next year because, you know, we were only 10 games under 500 this year. And where's – you got to have the talent at some point. It's about the Jimmys and Joes. And if you don't have the Jimmys and Joes, then the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you know what? It's blowing up is never easy. You go attached to guys like Jamison Tyon, you know, and his story and battling back from yet another thing. People like Joe Musgrove, people like Josh Bell. These were guys who were faces of the franchise. But the alternative is like the 2017, 2018, 2019 Pirates, where they didn't invest whenever they could outside of that trade deadline in 2018, which was a completely different scenario, but they didn't invest in the team. And what happened, that roster slowly decayed. They slowly started losing those top prospects. They without anything really to replace them. And that's what the parts cannot afford to do right now. They Ben Charrington came into a system where he didn't have a whole lot in the minor leagues, but he had a couple guys. And he had a couple trade chips. And you know what? And those trade we're it's too it's ridiculous to, you know, grade trades right now before these guys actually come up. But man, there were some really promising young players into the system. He had a very strong draft. Every, you know, expert agreed, like, hey, Pirates had one of the best drafts last year, got a couple good starting pitching prospects and you know, one of the best hitters in the class. That's what they need to do right now. And you know what? It's going to stink. The 2021 Pirates are probably going to finish in last place in the worst division in baseball. Maybe one of the worst divisions <laughs> in recent memory for baseball history. Like, I, I think at one point, Steamer projected the Cardinals to go like 80 and 82 and win the division. Like, it's it's not going to be a good division. But you know what? Where you look where this team could possibly be in three or four years compared to where the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Reds, just teams with absolutely no farm system and the decaying major league roster. Pirates are in the best position for a couple years from now. It's just going to be a rough road to get there. It is going to be that. And, you know, the other part of the equation is when you, when you stink like that, you're also going to get to add some pretty good talent in the draft as well. Oh yeah. I haven't gotten to, to, to look that far ahead with this. And obviously the baseball drafts a little bit more of a crapshoot maybe than some of the other drafts that are out there, but man, all it takes is, you know, you get that Bryce Harper or you get someone like that at the top of a draft and, and get that right. Uh, that, that pays dividends uh, in the long run. Yeah. And not saying Kamar Rocker is, you know, the Trevor Lawrence equivalent, but here's a guy who does look like, you know, a, a future major league, you know, front of the line starter, which is what this organization, they got a couple guys who could potentially be there, but you know, he would be the pitching prospect. He'd be top 10, you know, mid season next year. So Alex, you, you mentioned in the previous segment that, um, well, the division's not going to be very good this year. And we, we saw the Cardinals make a, a pretty substantial move a couple of weeks ago with the Rockies and you can say, well, they're, they're going for it and, and, and the things like that. And then you see, you know, Trevor Bauer signing and, and you know, the money that was, that was given to him. It, it's going to be difficult without some kind of, I, I, you know, covering a league myself that has a salary cap where the Green Bays and, you know, places like that can actually compete and be in the, 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 the conference championship. Um, without a salary cap in place, uh, which also brings along with it a salary floor, 
uh, that, that, that forces teams such as the Bengals to spend up to a certain amount of money. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to continue to be broken, in my opinion. Well, I mean, just to get the quick refutal out of the way of it's not money that wins games. It's actually players to win a game that wins games like Cabrian Hayes could end up being, you know, one of the best third basemen. Oh, he sure. could end up being yeah. the best. Th- he could end up being a better third baseman than Nolan Arenado. But, you know, he would end up, Pirates would end up paying him more than the Cardinals are paying Arenado because, you know, <laughs> Rockies just went spend help, happy, give everyone all the money they want. They picked up my Gecko tab last time I went. They were very nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, I just don't see a salary cap coming anytime soon. Like, not in the way that this dynamic is set up right now because the players are dead set against it. They have been dead set against this. Here's what I don't understand. Since is the 90s. They, they shouldn't be because – while yes, it puts a cap on what the major, the big market teams can spend, and so maybe uh, you know instead of signing a a, a a deal that pays him forty million dollars a year, Bauer signs one that signs that's thirty five million dollars a year instead. But it yeah. for, it forces some of these teams, the Tampa Bay's, the Pittsburgh's, and some of these other teams that that just never have a big payroll. It forces them to to pay their guys too. And so, therefore, then you're not consistently a, a farm team for the bigger franchises. To me, that, that that's a win-win for the players' association. But I I get it. They you know they're not inter- They don't care about that. They want those 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 big ticket items. They want those guys signing the, these these huge deals. That, quite frankly, to me, the, the biggest part of it. And you know, I think to a large degree, football has an issue with the non-guaranteed contracts. But I also see the, 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 the why you want to have non-guaranteed contracts like that. Because if you're, there's no way Trevor Bowers or some of the guys that signed some of these deals. Uh, I, I look at the, uh, you know, some of the, the, the massive deals, the Albert Pujols deal, for example, when he signed that 10 years, signs a 10 year deal at, at age 28, there's no way he's going to be able to play at a, at a high level at the end of that contract. And you got to pay the man. I mean, it's the short-term gratification versus long-term consequences. And yeah, right now, like you said, with just how salaries have gone, it it might actually be better for the MLBPA to, you know, change their stance on this because there was once a time whenever they were making, you know, 55 to 60% of the league revenue was going to players. Now it's 40 something percent in the lower forties, you know, over this CBA, the average MLB salary has basically been stagnant. So it, it, while there still are these, you know, you know, Trevor Bauer contracts, what it's ended up really hurting are the, for lack of a better phrasing, the middle-class type players, like the David Freezes, where it's like, hey, David Freeze will make your club better, but he's going to cost you $5 million that you really can't spend without going over the luxury tax that you could probably get from a guy, you know, who's making the minimum, some sort of rookie. That's the type of player who is really getting kind of screwed over this financial situation baseball has created. Yeah. And until those guys get together and say, Hey, we're done with this. And there's a lot more of those guys than there are the stars, but Oh yeah. Uh, until those guys get together and say, Hey, this is crazy. I should be playing baseball this year, but no team can afford me because well, what you just mentioned until that happens, we're going to continue down this path. Okay.